Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 57. It is the third week in September 2020. And 2020 just keeps doing what it does. Um, if you were in New Jersey this week, you could see alien aircraft just hovering around. So that was good stuff. It's all over social media. So I can only hope that our new alien overlords like fast bracket racing just as much as we do. Um, staying in that line, I got a note from a longtime Fast Bracket Nation listener, Greg Newman. Greg said this, Rex, this week in East Tennessee, a wallaby went missing. There was a tiger roaming around the city of Knoxville, and some dude landed his airplane on the interstate, (laughs) refueled it, and then took off again. So that sounds like a normal run-of-the-mill week in eastern Tennessee 2020 to me, Greg. Uh, So thanks for giving me the heads up. And also for reminding me that Tigers are fine on a college campus, but Cougars are not. Um, Greg does go on to say that, uh, on a serious note, do you think legal betting at the track would work? Kind of like going to the horse or the dog track. And that is really, truly a great question. And it shows that Greg has been really paying attention to the show because we have hinted at this for a little bit over the course of the show now. And I'll tell you uh, this. I said, I have been doing some research in this area, and while I'm not quite ready to give you the data, there is some compelling evidence to support a very specific avenue to allow betting at the racetrack in a legal way. In fact, when I'm ready, I will likely just go do a whole show about this thing. I'll probably just John Force this thing all the way down, uh, just put it in the water box and go for the whole 1320. Um But uh, there's a lot to cover about how drag racing has changed from its original rowdy, sensational fan interactive history to the version we have now, which is technically more performance-oriented, but somehow is lacking in the showmanship of the heyday. So in either event, Greg and everyone else out there in Fast Brackets Nation, have no fear. I am working on the model now, and when I have that complete... I will roll it out uh, for everyone, for your thoughts and revelry. I don't want to spoil the secret, but there is a reason other sports have capitalized their product and made billions, and our sport hasn't, uh, and it's extremely frustrating. Uh, But I was told a long time ago not to come to someone with simply with the problem. Anyone can go rolling around talking about what all the problems are. I was told very clearly that if you don't come to me with a solution, then I don't want to hear your complaints about the problems. So that's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm still working on it. And when I get the solutions completely worked out, you will hear it all and in great detail. So more on that later. Stay tuned, my friends. Uh, But there is lots to cover in this episode for you today. We've got some great guests on, actually. We've got Alan Firestone. He's your 2020 JEGS All-Star Top Sportsman Champ. And we have Warren Evans from Drag Racer TV. I cannot wait to have them on, so let's get to it right now. So, folks, get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute clean the shop, work on the old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's put them, get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. So the NHRA made an announcement last week, dropping the cash in prizes considerably from the previous levels. Uh, Historically, to win a pro category eliminator meant 50 large to the winning team. That was cut to 35 stacks after the Rona shutdown and was sadly recently just cut to 15 grand to the winner's circle um, after last week's announcement for the remaining of the season. Worse yet, pro stock a category that cost 30 grand to rent an engine for the weekend had their purse dropped to 6k. Um, it has been said that a good way to become a millionaire in drag racing is to start with two 
which is accurate, I believe. But this is potentially a serious financial hit to the teams that are not fully funded and count on winning some cold, hard U.S. currency to continue racing. I don't know how this will affect the pro car counts, but I do know this. It will affect the sportsman categories as well. How can it not? I mean, while the sportsman classes are the backbone of the organization, if you disrupt the most visible classes, the eyeballs that pay money for overpriced burgers and Coke stop looking. Which means I have no idea what the actual financial status of the NHRA is, NHRA is at this point. Um, there have been plenty of rumors, and this announcement doesn't wave any of those rumors away. But to be fair, the revenues this year simply are not there due to the fact that the gates are limited to a very low number of fans. I mean, they can't be there. There simply isn't an easy call to make from Glendora's standpoint when there are not as many butts in the seats and they're not allowed to have butts in the seats. Um, you know, I, nor most of our listeners to this podcast, have much – we just don't have much of a dog in this fight other than to say mostly I side with the plan that keeps us all going down the track. So I'm rooting for the NHRA, doing what they have to do in order to make this thing sustainable. And typically, I would use this as a jumping-off point to absolutely let it rip about what a crock it is for a high-level sporting competition to have a buy run in the semifinals, um, and that and that that uh, which I absolutely hate um, in our in our categories um, is just another opportunity. I think for the organization to round up on the revenues on the backs of our sportsman racers which I think is a legitimate complaint given the cost to enter and the subsequently modest payouts. I mean, the minimum requirement would be guaranteed two semifinalist payouts, you'd think, but I'm not going to do that today. Today, I'm simply going to wish the higher-ups at Glendale the best when they are making very tough decisions about how to finance this sport moving forward, and I hope they figure it out for all of our sakes. All right, let's put this thing in the beams presented by thisisbracketracing.com. On with us now. You heard him here first on episode number 38, so I'm going to tell you right now, do yourself a favor. If you have not listened to episode number 38, stop right now. Go back, listen to that, and then come back because on with us now is your NHRA Division 5 2019 top sportsman champion. He finished number three in the world last year and most recently is your 2020 top sportsman Jegs all-star winner. Welcome to the, welcome back to the show, Alan Firestone. How are you, Alan? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Well, I'm not as good as you because I don't have uh, the cash nor the trophy that goes along with uh, that Jegs all-star win. It was, it's unbelievable. It really is. Well, and I wanted to get you back on uh, just to talk a little bit about the weekend, but to kind of walk our listeners through all the action that you had uh, since the last time we spoke. Uh, we spoke in the spring, and that was, I mean, really, we were just getting into this Rona mess, and uh, I hope what this means is our conversation now means that we're almost out of it. But uh, you've had oh, some, no. <laughs> right? Uh, you've had some ups and downs since we last spoke. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about um, what happened since you were on last. Well, of course, as you know, that was probably about the end of the year, and you said we finished number three. It was a great year last year. I mean, just an awesome year, and the car was really good. And we started out this year. We went to Houston, and and uh, of course, it was on Father's Day, and I had to. Probably one of the greatest weekends up till I've had several this year, but at that time, me and Kyle, that son of mine, he runs top sportsman too, and we went to Houston and had the luxury of me and him both making it to the final and running each other in the final round at, at Houston. And uh, anyway, I got the better of him, or he says he'd give it to me. But, <laughs> but anyway, to win it on Father's Day, I mean, our, our first race this year, and and uh, it was just an unbelievable weekend that weekend was. And it was, like I say, it's 
with this coronavirus going on, you just never knew when when you was going to get to go or, or anything else, and uh, kind of get away from everything that's going on in the world today, and then do that. It was just a blessing for us, you know. So anyway, right. and then after that, we uh, left from there, and Carl was just, I mean, just on keel, and just everything was great, and we went to Topeka, and and it was going to run the Topeka double, and. Got lucky enough to get to the final there, and, and I was running Don O'Neill, and he red lighted against me in, in the final by like one thou. And uh, but anyway, I went ahead and took it to the stripe, just kind of getting ready for the next day's race. And and I really don't know what happened. I pulled the parachutes, and they didn't come out, which wasn't a big deal. It's happened before, but somehow maybe. When I let off the gas, it, it just started trying to slow the car down maybe too fast. One of the sheets blossomed late or, you know, wrapped around a while. I don't know exactly what happened. The car just started bouncing, and and it was just hopping off the ground, you know, like a look like one of those funny cars whenever they're trying to shut them down down there. And, and I was just hoping it stayed straight, but it didn't, and it hopped sideways, and I thought it was going to flip, and it hit the wall and, and tore it up pretty good, so... I had about three seconds of celebration there winning that race and, and it went downhill from there. Right. That was the that was the first uh race of that double, right? Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Well, I'll I'll first of all I'll give it to Kyle for doing a nice job of staying in the well, right? Um so that's a good good on him for uh for doing that. But uh secondly then after you cross the stripe and you kinda get that thing settled down and you you realize hey we're not racing tomorrow um what's the process in determining what all is wrong with this thing well it was as you can imagine it was quite the letdown whenever it was going on because i was just like oh man i just can't believe you know that it's doing what it's doing but because i didn't have any idea why i did it you know but but anyway we got the car stopped and i was fine i mean it's we had a lot of damage to the car but but it wasn't so bad that, that like I say, we kind of got all the junk off the front of it and the front end, this and that. And anyway, wound up pulling the car back to the golf, to the trailer with a golf cart. I mean, okay. it didn't look really, really good. I mean, the front tires was kind of sticking out a little bit. But, but anyway, we go. It, it, it wasn't as bad as what that it really could have been. I mean, for the for you know for crashing at two hundred mile an hour, but. But it just kind of goes to say with it, you know, it's, that's Rick Jones built that car, and it's just a, it's just a testimony of 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 the what he built. I mean, it's just a really, just a really well built car, and it's held together good. And as far as my ride in it, it was just hang on. But I'd never took no big jolts, and, and whenever it stopped, they run up there and wanted to know if I was all right, and I was fine. I mean, I didn't have any issues whatsoever. I told him I'd run into the curb in front of Walmart and had a bigger hit than that. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, we got out, and, and anyway, of course, you know, the entourage showed up down the finish line. <laughs> I guess that's where we've done the winter celebration. But but anyway, everybody come down. We just make sure that, you know, I was all right and all that, and, and uh, we – Looked the car over, and of course Rick Jones was already calling. Of course Richard Freeman and Royce and all my, all the what I call my boys, they were all there. And, and uh, anyway, Rick was already calling Richard, wanting to know how bad it was. And and uh, anyway, we pulled it back to the trailer. Well, he said, "Get it to me as quick as you can." So we get it back to the trailer, and we're trying to celebrate, but but you know because they all wanted to pile it in the winter circle and you know have a like a bad boy. Celebration, and I vetoed right. that. I said, "No, I don't. I don't need any uh, memories of this situation." <laughs> so anyway, we got the motor out of it that night and got everything. And just so happened, they had bought a uh, traded for a dragster and, and a trailer off of. Uh, I can't even remember who it was, but anyway, we loaded the dragster up in my trailer and took the motor and everything out of out of the Camaro and loaded it up and Sunday they took off to Rick Jones to get it to get it fixed. So it worked out really, really good and, and like I say when Rick and them got it up there, I mean they jumped right on it and and uh you know, they fixed everything. Told me to get it like brand new and of course, you know, that was my big deal was to 
it always been a lifelong dream of man ever since it all started, even back in the TRW days, to make that all-star deal. And I've finished second several times. I mean, four or five times, but I just never could get over the hump and qualify for it. And, and last year, we got lucky nothing did, and I really wanted to run that race. And Rick said, no problem, we'll get it done. And, and we lucked out, and I had a an extra front end that I had – had at the shop that I've been keeping since we'd updated the car, so that helped. But uh, anyway, they got it all fixed. Man, I ain't sure it ain't better than it was if, <laughs> if there is such a thing. But but uh, anyway, we loaded it all up and went to All Star. Yeah, well, and that's impressive because that that Topeka event was at the end of July, so that means that you essentially have one month to totally. And I don't know all that was wrong with that thing but i mean rick had to get moving pretty quickly get that thing and and when i saw it in uh, the staging lanes at indy i mean that thing was painted and it was looking brand new again oh yeah yeah it it looks uh oh it's, it's just really really in fact some of the updates that they've done to it you know after that it it it, it really nicer than it was i mean they they uh yeah, hats off to them guys i mean there was there was never going to be a problem that they wasn't going to have it ready. I mean, them guys jumped on it, and and they worked from daylight to dark. And, and in fact, they were really done with it in like two and a half weeks. I mean, I had it. I, I brought it back. And of course, we put the motor and everything needed up there because they wanted to roll it all out, make sure everything was – they were trying to get it just exactly the way that it was because yep. they didn't want to mess up anything because it, it was just working too good. And, and they got it back, and we went – Tested at Tulsa, made two or three runners, just kind of get, you know, our uh, feet back under us, and everything looked good. And so we headed to Indy. Now, I'd never been to Indy before, number one. Always wanted to go, but I just, you know, it's just such a long, drawn-out race. And But to have the All-Stars there, it just, it was just it was really, it was kind of perfect. Right, yeah. So you did, you were able to make a couple test passes, and then you were like, I'm getting to Indy. That is what is happening. Yes. So, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, when did you leave then? You're right. It, I mean, uh, the U.S. Nationals is a drawn-out event. There's 900-plus cars. Uh, when did you take off from uh, from home? We left uh, Tuesday, I guess, and drove, you know, like halfway there, and then we ride there on Wednesday because we are going to run on Thursday. So anyway, we got there on Wednesday, and, and uh, got parked and and uh, just kind of drove around a track and looked it all over because I am kind of a history guy and I mean I'd always wanted to be there and go there and and it was uh, it was every bit that I thought I mean it was kind of a you know a new style as far as the track goes but all the pits and everything was just you know kind of old school and it was just it just it was neat it was really really neat. There's something about it, right? I mean, it is your to your point. It's not the shiniest. It's not the newest. But there, the the history there. Um, you kind of know when you run through the gate that uh, there there's something different about this these grounds. Exactly. Exactly. Well, talk yeah. talk to us a little bit about how um, it went for you. You obviously raced in the U.S. Nationals, but uh, you end up winning the uh, Jegs All Star. So talk a little bit about uh, the the Jegs event. Well, like I say, I, I, I was just—I felt honored to be even qualified for it, you know. And then me and Woody's pretty good. Well, I mean, well, we are good friends and have been for a long time. And I know all the Jags boys, and they'll do anything to help me. And, and uh, like I say, I was just uh, to qualify for it. I was always Jack and Woody saying, "Well, you know, I'm just ready. I uh, sure hope you get to give me that trophy at the finish line, you know." And, <laughs> and of course, that's just something that you, you know, I mean, you you talk about, but you know, you you really hope it'll happen. But but reality, you know, <laughs> just to be there was was one thing. And then, like I say, it was it was really more than what. I mean, I knew it was going to be a big deal, but but they make it just such a such a, a wonderful event. I mean, and just kind of take you to that next level, like a pro situation. And it it, uh, it was really good. And then, of course, be on uh, Division Five's team, and you're kind of in a team deal. Plus, 
you know, you're running the best of the best. I mean, that just that's, there's just no question. But I mean, every time you went to the start line, it was, you know, you're going to have to be on your game because you're not. Uh, and just to think that you're a part of that is is it was really humbling. But right. but anyway, I I'd run. Uh, I think yeah, I'd run Mike Furter first round, and I've known. Mike Furter forever. I mean, back in the super gas days, whenever he was killing everybody, I sure. mean, uh, right. he was just he was just as tough as they get, you know. And, and for me to have him run first round, but you know, I mean, you, to be the best, you got to run the best, and that's that's where we were at. So I got lucky on him. I mean, for Mike to to miss a tree, of course, all of us do. I mean, it, it's it's it, he was really, you know. I hated that he missed it like that, but but he's still a super good guy and a super good racer. And anyway, we got lucky and got around him, and then we come back, and of course I'm on cloud nine anyway. And then we had to run uh, Darren Bose second round, sure. And uh, I knew he was going to spot me, but uh, anyway, Darren's just—I mean, he's just a super racer. I mean, for this top dragster, he's really been really good in that blown car, so. I run him, and, and I had done my job on my side. And anyway, I think he broke a rear end or something and uh, didn't get down. And so I got by that one. And, and then, of course, then I had to run Kyle in the final, or uh, Kynan. Oh, I don't know how yep. you pronounce Kynan, it. Yep. I met him after the deal. Love him. Love him and his dad both. That's I mean, right. Yep, great guys. people. But Kenan, I run Kenan, and I knew he had won it last year, and he was he – was, Whenever he got by Lester, I mean, it was it's it, uh, when we wound up in the final. I said, "Well, here we go." I mean, I'm going to have to be on my game, and and got lucky enough, hit the tree good, and and I think I run dead on with a one. He ran dead on with a five. I I could hear him beside me. Of course, you know those pro charger cars and blow cars. You don't have to see them because you can hear them before <laughs> they get there. But right. But I know he was right there. But but anyway, to get to uh, turn that wind light on was probably the it was just it was unbelievable. I mean, it, it really was. Well, you you made I mean some almost perfect passes there, and to your credit, even more, you did it in the semifinal and the final against two cars that um, were dialed quicker than you. And you probably don't see that all too often, do you? No, 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 I don't. I don't see it. And like I say, with the blowers and the turbocharged, I mean the pro charger cars, it's 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 a little bit easier because I can hear them. I mean, they're just so much louder than what my car is. And and uh, but anyway, it. Uh, I knew he was there, but but like I say, to tighten it up, it's kind of hard to do because I don't have any mirrors in mine, or I didn't in. How about that? And uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, I've got enough. I've got enough in it now that I can see what happened yesterday. But but because I had a little deal and we. We won. I'm gonna kind of jump a little bit, but anyway, we won the All Stars. And of course, on Cloud Nine, had a big winter circle deal. And me and Woody, we, I got my trophy and all that. I mean, it's just the greatest thing ever. And I just want to thank them guys for putting that putting that on. I mean, it's it's for us sportsman guys. That's that's big time. I mean, that's big time for us. But I, but, I completely uh, agree. And for them to have the you know the the wherewithal or the just the the ability to say you know what this this was, should have been ran in Chicago it's how it all but we're going to run it in India this year because we want to get it in I, you know you just can't I don't think you can uh, heap too much pressure for doing that no no like I say and I mean I think it was a, a big deal to even to Woody and the Jags boys because you know that is that is the the event I mean you know I mean uh, the the final race of the year, Pomona and all that stuff. I'm mean, it's just something that everybody looks forward to, you know. And, right. it, and it, uh, it was just a really, really, really neat deal. Yeah, no, completely agree. And then you went on and you get in the, uh, you know, the big race, the U.S. national race, and I think it was the uh, quarterfinals that uh, you ran into Glenn Butcher. Is that right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Of course, I, you know, I mean, I was <laughs> – we, we well, of course, we didn't start. To, usually, we have, I think, or every time I've been in Chicago, there's usually you get two rounds of the national event in before they ever start the All Stars. Well, this year they've done the All Stars first, and then we started the 
national event. So anyway, we'd won the nationals, I mean, all the stars and everything's good. And I was like, well, I wonder who I got first round at the national, in the national. And anyway, I look on the sheet and, and of course I've drawn, you know, so I call him Mr. California, but I mean, just a super racer. I mean, right. he's two in the world. I mean, you know, and I'm like, man, I, you know, I, I draw the dog, you know, and then, <laughs> but then I get to looking on the sheet and I'm like, you know, if I was going to point at anybody in that 32 car field, there's nobody you point at that, that, right. that, you know, that you ain't got somebody. I mean, it's, you know, everybody there is, is horses. So anyway, I draw the first round and, Got lucky and then we had and anyway I got lucky and got by him and then of course then I draw my old buddy Mark McDonald and he wore me out I don't know how many times wore me out in St. Louis last year in the final and, and as usual I mean I think I'm 14 on the tree and he's 16 and we get down there and I mean it's just like a seven eight thousand steel like always and I got lucky got by him well then I draw Glenn Butcher and then yep. Glenn is just I mean. You got to love that guy. I mean, anybody that's in the demolition business, I mean, that's just perfect. I mean, right. I, you know, tears it up. I mean, that's, right. that's perfect. I love it. You know, and anyway, we had been, we've been buddies for a long time. And, and so I know I'm going to run Glenn. And so he, he's going to spot me. And, and I'm, I'm just thinking everything, you know, of course, I hit the tree really good. And Glenn, you know, un, unreal for him, he misses the tree a little bit. Well, He's not there whenever I get down to the finish line. And of course, me and my weather space already been into it a little bit because it rains a ton right. before we run that third round. The rain, he come through and all that. And That's right. And they said, well, you know, it's going to be slower. And and anyway, but my weather station was telling me it's going to be quite a bit slower, you know. And I'm like, you know, me and it's arguing. I'm like, no, nah, it ain't going to be that slow. But, I mean, it's going to be, you know, pretty slow maybe, you know. And I, so I went ahead and dogged. We checked it two or three times before we run. And Kyle said, yeah, I think it's, you know, this is what the weather station's saying. So I didn't believe it, but I took two off of it. And I dialed 60, and I'd run a 56, I think, earlier that day. Okay. And uh, anyway, I dialed 60, and I'm running Glenn, and I'm running down there. And I was like, well, if I don't do anything else, if I don't see him, I'm going to kill two, and, you know, we'll be good. Sure. So I get down to the finish line, and I kill two, and his wind light comes on. And I'm like, oh, what, what's the deal? And anyway, and so we get back, and my car was going to run just exactly what it done that morning. And, and my weather station was telling me, you know, way more than what it does. So anyway, I, I don't get upset very often, but he pulled me back to the trailer, and I was very upset with me with, <laughs> with what I dialed because I – I killed two and thought that, you know, I was good. But, but anyway, whenever I got back, I told Royce, I said, I'm talking that weather station, pouring diesel on it, and I'm going to burn that sucker <laughs> to the ground. I said, I'm tired. You know, to miss it that far, you know, anybody, Stevie Wonder could see that, you know. And so I, anyway, I talked myself out of it because that bad boy is pretty high, you know. Right, <laughs> right. So anyway, so I, I think it's the next weekend we were at, last weekend we were at Earlville and, and uh, my my crew chief buddy Don Higgins, he was there, and I was telling him the story, and he said, "Oh, well, let me look at it." And anyway, he goes in there, and of course, I'm about as technologically as a black and white TV. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I as long as nobody jacked or nothing, I can kind of read what it's doing. And anyway, Don went in like five minutes, fixed it. You know, and oh, I said, "Well, wow. I have to get off, Don." And he's like, "Well, I don't know, you know, this and that." And I'm like. Well, okay. So anyway, we've got that big, so I didn't have to burn it up. But but uh, but anyway, we were. Uh, I was congratulating. I mean, uh, Glenn. He was. He said, "I didn't deserve that one." I said, "Yeah, he did. You don't have a lot better job than I did." Ooh. You know, with the dollar the car, and because uh, there's two ends of a racetrack, and you got to do your job on both ends. But we had a really, really, really good weekend. I mean, I can't. I'm, I'm just tickled to death. Well, I mean, we're, we're, well, I mean, you're five and one in uh, elimination rounds in Indy against the best of the best. So I would say uh, that 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 was a good weekend for you. Yeah, it was. It was, and like I say, I uh, all the people help us. I mean, Elite and Jake, and of course, Rich and Richard, and of course, my son-in-law and Kyle was there. You know, it was great. Of course, Kathy and Ashley and all the 
keep running, kids at home, as all watching on TV, people watching it on TV that never even watched a drag race, and they were wanting to know where, when it was on and all this stuff. So, yeah, it was really a good deal. And I want to congratulate the D5 team. I mean, them guys, to, on top of us all-star, I mean, the D5 team won the whole championship, and, you know, we had three cars in the – had four cars in the finals, and, and we had three winners, and – Big Victoria runner up. I mean, it was just uh, Trevor and Christopher. I mean, they just done really good and, and won Rob Parks a little money. I think he had a little side bet with a couple of them, and he got <laughs> he got paid. So everybody's happy. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, thanks for coming on and breaking that down for us. Um, you're uh, you're good. Your car's set now, so you can uh, kind of finish up this season and make a run at the end of the points. Try to improve, maybe. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we uh, we went to Earlville last week, and we're, we're, I don't know, 30 points, I guess, in the World Championship lead, but there's so many races coming up, and there's, all these guys are good, and it's just whoever gets on the wave. I mean, you got to ride that wave till it pitches you off. And Earl Falls texted me the other day and said, well, you're – you're riding it good. You're hanging on to the surfboard good. And I was like, oh, I got three straps right around that time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I was really trying to hang on. <laughs> we're second year, but regardless, I mean, we've had a great year, and it's just been uh, it's just been all the help that we get. I, I, I couldn't ask for anything, anything any better. Well, congrats again for being the 2020 Top Sportsman Jegs All-Star Champ. Thanks for coming on, for detailing that, and uh, we wish you the best of luck the rest of the season. Well, buddy, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That was the champ, Alan Firestone. Today's Half-Track Report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. We had some rain delay and rain-interrupted races to report on this week. First of all, let's start at the NHRA Division 5 event in Earlville, Iowa. It was a really tough weekend, a lot of sitting around in the rain, and I think because of that weather forecast, we just had a little light car count. We had nine cars show up for Top Dragster. Just It was just a super wet weekend, um, and I think a lot of people opted to stay home and sit on their couch instead of sit on the couch in the RV. So, um, your number one qualifier, though, was Afton Swanson. She's from Denver, Iowa, which is right down the road from Earlville. Um, she goes 618-4 at 230 miles an hour for that top spot. I mean, remember, just a week or so ago, Afton was the number two qualifier at the U.S. Nationals, and she got with a 610-1 at the U.S. Nationals. That wasn't good enough for first uh, number one qualifying position. She gets number two there. So tough. But now that she's back in her home state of Iowa, she gets that number one spot. But your winner was Corey Johnson over Tyler Yeager. When Yeager just takes too much stripe. Uh, so congrats to Corey Johnson for getting his first top dragster Wally. On the top sportsman side, there were 18 cars, and this is just a loaded group. I mean, the, you uh, heard Alan Firestone earlier, Dusty Meyer, U.S. Nationals uh, champ, was there. Larry Deemers, last year's U.S. Nationals champ, was there. Chad Peckerel, who was in the final at Indy. Uh, Dave River, who spent some time in the pro stock ranks. I mean, it was just a loaded group of eighteen. those 18 guys. Your number one qualifier was Alan Firestone. You heard him earlier. He goes 655-7 at 210 miles an hour. But your winner was Matt Driscoll over Steve Yeager. Um, and this was very close for the Yeager family this weekend. They were in two finals. They had opportunities to grab those two wallies. But Matt Driscoll said, no, 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 uh, I'm going to go double oh four on the tree dead five on my 688 dial for a nine-pack that is just flat, nasty, and Matt Driscoll certainly deserves his 15th Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series Wally. So congrats to all those competitors in Iowa that that waited out and got it done in um, in Earlville. And we go to Martin, Michigan for the Midwest Drag Racing Series event. There were 24 cars that lined up all under 450 in top dragster there. Your number one qualifier was Anna Strasberg. She was 372.9 in the eighth mile. 
at 194 miles an hour. And they got one round in and had to call it quits from the rain. So they'll finish all that stuff up in Tulsa. But uh, Anna gets the number one spot, so nicely done to her. On the top sportsman side, there were 18 cars all under that 499 index. Your number one qualifier was Jeff Melnick. He goes 416 at 175 miles an hour in his exotic fabrications rig and uh just he's really got the thing moving and and so he qualifies number one congrats to jeff um we'll have to have him back at some time he was really great when we had him on the pri live show um the the winners though were not announced they made it through a couple rounds i guess two rounds now before calling it a weekend and uh so they'll finish all that stuff up in tulsa i um i will say this about the midwest drag racing series they are doing a really nice job um, and had just had a tough weekend with the weather, but the you know they'll get it all in in Tulsa, and that series is just continuing to get stronger and stronger. Uh, they did have to deal with a real stinky situation to finish that race, and uh, I was kind of watching that unfold on social media, and it was a real mess. Uh, luckily, it all got cleaned up in the end, and I'm hopeful that all parties sustained minimal damage, uh, considering. You know, that accidents do happen, and it feels like that's what they did. They got all that cleaned up. So uh, congrats to everyone who uh, made that trip to Martin, Michigan, for the Midwest Drag Racing Series. Next week, I will bring to you the NHRA Division Four event at the Texas Motorplex. I got a double event going down there. And then we'll also bring you the results from the CompCam Shakedown Nationals. They have a 48-car pre registered group and top sportsmen uh, for Tyler and the cruise event in Virginia Motorsports Park. That should be a great show, and I'll bring you that next week. Whoa, let's get out of the groove here for just one minute. And uh, this week in what was maybe the least surprising news of the year, the Performance Racing Industry Trade Show announced that it was canceled for this year. So, so 2020 can really stick it, in my opinion. Um, that being said, there wasn't much chance for this thing to happen uh, with all the Rona lockdowns taking place. And I'm not sure I would want to run around bumping into everyone and trying to start conversations with a bunch of mask vendors and friends anyway. So it's just not simply conducive to generating business. And it, it didn't make sense financially, given that there are certainly going to be a huge decrease in vendors and participants this year. Um, I don't like this at all. Uh, I really, truly look forward to PRI every year um, so that we can see people we haven't maybe seen at the track in a bit and to check out new and approved parts for our race cars. It is like a big candy store for sugar-starved race addicts, and I want it. But it is not to be this year, and the writing was on the wall for this about May 1st in all reality. So uh, let's all hope that the two things that did come out this week will help our cause and get us back to a somewhat normal 2021. So first of all, uh, researchers at the University of Pittsburgh announced that they have come up with a cure for the Rona. The way I understand it, it isn't a vaccine. It is literally the cure, which, of course— would be incredible news for anyone that statistically has two comorbidities and is over the age of 75. Secondly, Dr. Fauci, the, the face of all medicine throughout this pandemic, announced that he himself has been taking, get this, vitamin D and vitamin C to help prevent the Rona. I can only assume that Dr. Fauci has been listening to the Fast Brackets podcast all summer long and realized that running around with a mask on is exponentially less helpful than building your immune system. Of course, this revelation went completely unnoticed by the mass media because why on earth would they want to report anything that actually helps you? At this point, listen to the media at your own risk. Um, you know, hit me up with what you're going to do this year. Instead of go to PRI, I have some vacation days to use. All right, as we hit the mile-per-hour cone presented by theblindmachinist.com, 
On with us now is a guy who I have just a ton of respect for. He was on the PRI Live show, episode number 33. So if you have not checked that out, stop, go back, listen to that. It'll give you a little bit of background on uh, our guest. But he is the operator of DragRacer.tv and recently called the Top Sportsman Top Dragster competition live at the U.S. Nationals. Welcome back to the show, Warren Evans. Warren, how are you today, man? I'm doing well, Rex. Uh, thanks for uh, all those kind words. Well, you've you've earned it, um, and I would I would say welcome back. And I mean, you know, since the last time you and I talked, which was uh, at PRI, I mean, nothing's really happened since that time, has it? Like, no, nothing really has happened <laughs> in 2020, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I I finally got off the couch, you know, put down the Cheetos bag and decided to get back out there after it. <laughs> and so, uh actually it's been a relatively busy 2020. With well, the exception of, you know, like everybody with COVID, you know, we had a little bit of a hiccup in the schedule and so my original schedule for 2020 got upended, but Things that disappeared early are popping up late, so it's just going to be an extended year to try to get these divisional races covered. Right, yeah, and because I remember you said you had about 35 race weekends scheduled for this year. Is that ultimately what you'll end up with or thereabouts? I think I will be around 35. Uh, Yeah, I had actually built up the schedule since I talked to you back then and was close to 40, so I'm going to lose five weekends, but still – some of those individual weekends wound up uh, being converted into uh, doubles. So a double sure. divisional at St. Louis, for example. Right. Um, so wherever the opportunity is at, we'll just try to put something together and and uh, get as much possible coverage as we can. Yeah, I would say that uh, 2020 has been rough on your travel agent, probably. Is that an accurate statement? <laughs> Well, the travel agent is me, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it saved a few miles on my vehicle, but uh, I I don't know if I told you this the last time we talked, but I drive to all of these events. I don't fly anywhere. I drive everywhere. So that, I have a little trailer behind my Acadia, and okay. I just get in the car and go to where the next event is, so... I've been to California twice this year. I've been to Las Vegas. I've been to Houston a couple of times and to Florida. And, you know, basically I had a seven-week stretch where I started at Houston. Then I went to Galat. Then I went to Sonoma. Then I flew home. I did fly home for a week, and then I went back to Sonoma, and then I drove back to Topeka and then into northern Michigan and then Indy. So it's just – Border to border and coast to coast. Uh, it sounds like it, yeah. And um, tell everybody where you're at right now. So right now, I am in. I'm on the north side of Dallas right now, uh, and I'll be at Ennis, Texas, this weekend at the legendary Texas Motorplex to cover the double divisional, the regional race at at Texas Motorplex, and uh, looking forward to a great event. Yeah, and that that's that's a long way from Effingham, Illinois, though, right? I mean, you're it's a good thing you're probably in the kind of the middle of the country. It, uh, being in the middle of the country does help quite a bit. Yes, uh, it gives me kind of a centering point. And uh, so today's not been bad. I got up at midnight and got in a car and drove down here. I still got about an hour to go to get to the track, and then I've got about four hours of setup to do so we can be ready to go when the first pair goes down the track tomorrow. Yep, no that uh, that makes sense, and you you've been doing that um, for several years now. But uh, just to recap a little bit, um, talk a little bit about um, you know Drag Racer TV and and what folks can expect when they flip that on. So Drag Racer TV, this is the sixth season of it. Uh, the first four years, people knew it as D three TV, where I covered events in the NHRA North Central Division, Division Three, And then during that year, I set out to see if I could cover events in the other six divisions. Yep. So that was kind of a personal goal, and I almost made it. I didn't get up to Division Six, but I did get races everywhere, everywhere else across the country. 
And so that really led into what became Drag Racer TV. And the goal between myself and the folks in Division One, because they've got their own system, but for the other six divisions, my goal is to provide coverage for each and every one of those Lucas Oil Divisional races. Yeah. I There are 35 events that need coverage uh, that's not covered by somebody else, and I've been able to get up to 29 of those last year, and this year I'm it was my goal to get almost all of them. Um, there are a couple of tracks that don't even have internet, so obviously uh, a live stream without internet's like a day without sunshine, right? So a little tough. Uh, yeah, you just can't do it. Yep. So, but the rest of those events, I personally either get out there or I have a couple of contractors that help me out when I have double coverage weekends, mm-hmm. like next weekend. And, uh, but the goal is to provide as much divisional coverage as is possible. Yeah. In addition to that, there's a handful of bracket races, big money bracket races that I get involved with, like the original 50 grander up at Stanton at mid Michigan mm-hmm. Motorplex, And I do work with, uh, uh, the ACE Ohio events group, which is, Jacob Elrod, Travis Colangelo, Marco Abruzzi. And so I do both of their races. And I've started doing some work with Kyle Seipel and Peter Biondo out on the West Coast. And, uh, in fact, in October, I'll be out there for their West Coast fall fling. We're going to have to clone you, Warren. We're going to have to get a few (laughs) versions of you to send you out everywhere. (laughs) Well, that would be nice. Uh, (laughs) I haven't spent a lot of time at home, and, of course, you know, I'm like anybody else. You know, I've got plenty of honeydew projects when I do manage to get a few days at home. So, um, But I really enjoy what I do, and I think I've built something that people enjoy. That's the feedback that I get. By and large, people are very happy with what they see. And, you know, my, my programming is kind of simple, but provides quite a lot you know it's yeah. uh, just a one-man yeah. show it's just me or just a producer you know one person out there doing it and we'll have multiple camera angles out there and just switch from cam- camera to camera to pick up the cars that's going down the track i include on-track audio of the cars and the pa system feed directly into my setup and then the thing that sets me apart from everybody else is i'm able to provide the the timing system information itself, the actual numbers of the, as the competitors going down the track. Right. Yeah. No, it's an, it's an impressive setup and it's, it's great. I'm telling you, I, I have uh, spent probably more Sundays than I care to admit, uh, sitting on the couch, watching, watching your programming. And it, uh, it's good for racing addicts like ourselves. Well, I, I do know that I've killed a lot of productivity on Fridays. (laughs) Right, for sure. Um, well, in, in addition to that, uh, you just came off the U.S. Nationals and, and you got to call the top dragster and top sportsman eliminators there. I mean, how big a deal was that for you personally? Having called bracket races at Cold County, you know, all those years, I mean, you, you called the U.S. Nationals, man. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, the ultimate bucket list item for anybody that's an announcer anybody that's ever picked up a microphone uh well first of all to just get to call a national event uh and then to have it be at the granddaddy of them all the u.s nationals that was you know i was kind of on cloud nine when i got the opportunity to do it and so you know i've had a couple of other opportunities in the past where i you know i might get to call uh around the super comp qualifying on a Thursday, you know, at, yep. at, at a particular event. And I've been able to help out the NHRA crew, the, the announcing team, when I've been at national events before. And it, it's pretty gratifying when you develop a, a relationship with a guy like Alan Reinhardt or Joe Costello, any of those national event announcers, you know, they're, they're pretty good. You know, there's a reason why they're the ones calling the action and not just the local track announcer. What they do is significantly 
better and more informed and more entertaining than just kind of a general bracket racing announcer. So right. whenever I get those opportunities, I really work on trying to hone my skill and make it as good as what they're doing or better if I can. And so, you know, I was there working with NHRA TV for a couple of indie events. And in fact, for the rest of the season, I'll be helping out NHRA TV with a couple of more events. But I was there doing that work and helping Alan and, and Joe earlier in the weekend. And then when Sunday rolled around, uh, Alan sent me a text, said, would you like to come up and do it? And of course, of course I would love to do that. You know, that's a, you know, I have a particular fondness for top dragster and top sportsman. Anyway, I have a lot of friends in those two categories. And so it's, it's good to be able to announce, but it's even better to have some relationship with the people that you're talking about. And so that, that really made it a great experience. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't the entire day, but it was early in eliminations and these were actual elimination rounds. Two went down, one comes back. Right. And to be able to share the stories I know about these people as part of that, it was just kind of an overwhelming feeling. And, And, you know, comp eliminator traditionally runs between top dragster and top sportsman. I got to hang in there and do comp eliminator as well. And that in itself is, uh, uh, you know, that's higher level stuff because every car is different. Right. And so to be able to talk about that intelligently as well was was a real thrill. So I would love to have more opportunities like that, but I'll always cherish this opportunity to get the chance to talk about it. I think your point is well taken about, um, like, you're kind of um, – it's a, it's a pressure situation, right? Because, I mean, th- these are very um, detailed – uh, competitive classes and so if you don't know what you're talking about you can kind of get exposed pretty quickly and and uh so for you to be asked to do that it, it just shows you know from from your standpoint uh the respect people have for you and and uh what you've done and your knowledge of the sport well it's very nice of you to say that and and yeah i mean i've had more exposure than most people sitting alongside some great announcers over the past few years at these divisional level races, you know, Bob Unkefer in particular, Unk and I do a lot of races together and for sportsman drag racing, Unk is as good as they are as, as good as it gets anywhere. So to listen to his style and listen to him talk about these competitive matchups, you know, you just got to be a sponge and soak that up. And then, uh, working with Alan from time to time and Nate Hershey and Mike Eames. And, you know, there's, there's a whole group of really good announcers out there that I've had the privilege of sitting next to or being on the mic with, you know, uh, 10 years ago or even five years ago or however far back, if you'd have told me that you'd be in an announce booth with Bob Fry calling Nostalgia Top Fuel at the Hot Rod Reunion, I'd have told you you were out of your mind, (laughs) and yet that has happened to me now twice, and, you know, that's as big a thrill as doing what I did at the U.S. Nationals, but anytime you get to to talk about it, get the opportunity to do it at that level, it's it's special. I, I would never take that for granted, and I think people that get that opportunity do realize how special it is. It's not as easy as it looks. No. It, but if if you're good at your craft, and again, I'll go back to Alan and to Bob and Joe and all those national event announcers that I've been around, it's it's kind of like the, you know, the duck on the pond. The part that you hear is smooth and well put together. But underneath, they're working, they're paddling hard, they're they're uh, honing their craft every time they say something on the microphone. And, you know, they're working as hard as they can to make it as smooth as possible and to put on an entertaining show. So just even to have a glimpse of glory, so to speak, to be 
just a little part of that is is a fantastic experience yeah no that that makes perfect sense and uh, you, you've i mean you've earned it with the you know just your experiences and all that and you've kind of added to that with this love this life interview series you're doing um it's also on drag racer tv you want to talk a little bit about that and how that came about and who all you've had on i mean it's, sure. a, it's been a great segment there and uh but i'm i'm curious how that got going well it's been a it has been a great experience i've had the opportunity now to to post 10 interviews so far i still have three that i've shot and haven't been able to put out there but really i think that the race fan deserves the opportunity to develop a relationship with the driver. You know, most of the time when a race fan sees a driver, they're in a fire suit, they got a helmet on, they're inside the car, they don't have that one-on-one interaction. And they also don't know the story. They don't know how that person got there. You know, everything that they went through, all of their trials and tribulations and, you know, what happens outside of that six or seven seconds there on the going down the racetrack. So the objective really is to create those relationships between the fan and the participant. And so I've had the opportunity to sit down with, oh, let's start with Dave Harada and Will Smith, you know, and Will just this past weekend won his very first race. So mm-hmm. that was great to be on the, in on that Don O'Neill that your audience knows from top sportsman. Sure. Yeah. Mike Lewis. Got, um, Krista Baldwin and Anthony DeSero. And, um, Mike, or, um, I said, Mike Lewis, um, I saw Marty uh, Thacker. Yeah. There's, there's several of them out there. Jeff Taylor. Right. Yep. Oh, Butner. You know, these are familiar familiar names to people in the and the most recent one was with Kyle Seipel. And Kyle I'm sure a lot of people know what Kyle has been going through. A lot of people in the racing community know what Kyle's been going through with his battle with cancer and and you know, he's he's been diagnosed with stage four cancer mm-hmm. three times in the past three years and He's been given weeks to live, and each time he's battled through it and persevered and been able to put it in the corner. Now, not not beat it, but put it in the corner and live as normal a life and as positive a life as he can. And so I was really honored to have the opportunity to sit down with him and and talk about that, talk about his journey, talk about the struggles and what it's meant to him to have all this support. And so those kinds of things, I think really make a difference in what we're trying to do here with the sport and to build those relationships. You know, it's not to sell tires or not to talk about, you know, round three at Rockingham. I was Oh, 13 on the trick. Right. Nobody, nobody cares about that. They do care about the person. Yep. They want to connect. And that's what these stories are all about. Really, it was intended to be an off-season project to begin this winter. But guess what? Off-season started a lot earlier for all of us. <laughs> yes, it did. But it, but it gave me an opportunity to get out and, and uh, put those things together and get them out there and, you know, let people know that even though we weren't on the racetrack, we're still there. And so, you know, I've got to segment coming up with peter biondo and that's a great interview yeah and then i've got will hannah who the alcohol community knows from from uh, inside top alcohol and his top alcohol and show and then a good friend of mine is jim lukens uh it's not a not a household name jim's not a household name but he's in the michigan motorsports hall of fame he's received the silver star award from Mercedes Benz. He was part of the Bill Reichert, uh, top alcohol team. There's a lot about, about Jim that people don't know. And it's, it's a great story. Uh, so 
even though we get off the beaten path a little bit sometimes, we're still trying to tell great stories here and something that stands the test of time. No, I think uh, what I haven't seen every single one, but the ones I have, it, you you do do a great job of telling that story, and uh, and so it's it is really impressive. So if our listeners haven't checked that out yet, they need to go do that. And that's on uh, Warren. Tell everybody the best way to check out your stuff. It's dragracertv.tv, TV, correct? Yes, I have a website. It's dragracer.tv. I have a YouTube channel, which is Drag Racer TV. Those are the two best ways. We try to get the links out to everybody involved so that, you know, you may be a fan of Competition Plus, so you'll find the link there, or Drag Race Results, or, you know, a lot of these different websites also provide me with a a platform to get the links out. Uh, Facebook pages, my Facebook page, uh, the divisional Facebook pages, those are the ways to get there on race day. But you can always go to Drag Racer TV on YouTube, look it up. You'll be able to find all of the content, not only the Loveless Life series, but also all of the drag racing that we've been able to be a part of over the past two years. And if you go to NHRA D3 TV, that's the archives from when we first started. So there's almost six full years of content out there for people to go back and watch bracket racing. And, you know, don't pick on me too much now if you look at my old stuff compared to my new stuff. You know, it's it's grown a little bit. I got a little bit better at it as it's gone. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a really nice setup, and you do a great job with it. And I appreciate you coming back on and just, you know, uh, filling us in a little even more about uh, – you know what's going on with you and this latest, latest addition to your your uh, program, the the love this life. I think it's a great great stuff, and you know um, I wish you well as you're out there on your travels this year. Well, thank you, sir, and I uh, I look forward to running into you. I know most of the time when I'd get a chance to see it, it would be at Indianapolis, but hopefully we'll drag you out of the booth and drag you into the tower and let you uh, enjoy it up close and personal. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm sure maybe we'll see each other at the Fall Classic again this year. You got that on your schedule? I don't. I don't. But it doesn't mean I won't get it covered. I may have somebody that can take care of that for me. I'm actually going to be kind of on a West Coast tour to finish up my year. I've got uh, four weekends in Las Vegas, back to back to back to back. So I will be out there for kyle and peter's west coast fall fling followed by a double divisional las vegas motor speedway then i'm going to be some, spending some time in the nhra tv booth uh, to produce that final national event of the year and then i'll be out there for the final divisional race of the year so that's all of october and first weekend in november uh, before that i've got this weekend in dallas next wind is a double between St. Louis and Great Bend. Um, I know there's some more stuff in there somewhere. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. I write this stuff down, but I don't have it in front of me. So, <laughs> Well, no, that's that's quite a – and I don't blame you for, you know, staying on the West Coast in Vegas for as much as you can. Good for you. Um, you know, rack up those uh, – those um you know hotel points or whatever it is you got and travel safe and uh, we, we will talk to you again real real soon all right rex it's great to talk to you all right let's bring this thing back in let's take a peek in the other lane let's go do it let's take the stripe guys girls that is the show it is time to pull the shoots on episode number 57 and there it is there's the wind light. Um, we had a great week this week. Um, there it is. There's Gloria, too. Rob, crank that up. I want to hear that. That a kid. Guys, we had a great week this week. We had A, no Roadster Talks. So that's good. Uh, B, we got caught with a right hook of uh, financial reality, so we'll deal with that. And then third, we spoke in-depth with our guest, Alan Firestone, your JEGS All-Star Top Sportsman Champ, and Warren Evans, from DragRacer.tv. Uh, that, those were great interviews, and I'm, I'm so happy to have those dudes on. 
If you have comments, questions, or curse words for me, you know there are three ways to get at me. First of all, you can hit me on the Facebook page using Messenger. Two, you can put it in Dr. Fauci's vitamin D pill box, or you can use my email, fastbrackets at outlook.com. You know there's no charge for the show, but a nice little tip would be to share the show with someone who loves top sportsmen and top drivers, drivers racing like we do. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. banned from your neighborhood community Halloween party because you want social distance? I don't I don't like to talk about that because I'm a huge, huge fan of Halloween. Um, but you wear a sexy costume? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about this, but uh, it's it's been good to me. I'm just going to tell you, Halloween has been good to me.